We're halfway to High Rock. Let's see what hijinks our heroes get into this week on Hapless Heroes. As anyone who's familiar with herpes knows, it stays on one side of the glass. everyone. Welcome back to the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, and I am resuming DM duties after Phil gave us a wonderfully spooky adventure. Joining me tonight is uh, a cast of characters who almost need no introduction, but we've been doing it this way for four years, so why change things now? Starting on my left, we have Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Greetings and salutations. Mike as Lord and Captain Quid Southwind. A hero as always. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Hey, everybody. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. I don't think I'm going to be ordering any more tuna fish omelets. Certainly not. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Quinn, can we go any faster? Yes. So we're going to find that out, actually. Yes. Uh, Opening back into our adventure here, the uh, our well, I guess we'll say that our some interns and some heroes were successful in their side quest to disrupt uh, an agent of Valen. Or I'm sorry, an agent of Vecna from doing some horrible things uh, on an island just south of the uh, Grand Kingdom of Kronessis. With the vampire servant thing dealt with, question mark, uh, we set sail once more on the morrow, since Quinn needed some time to rest and regain some strength after pretty much using his newfound command of the sea abilities to propel the Oberstar, this destroyer-class vessel you guys are borrowing from the Sea Lords, to get you to High Rock in record time. So we're going to start this in the morning of the next day. The skies have cleared up quite a ways. It looks like a perfect day for sailing. And I feel rested and refreshed. Mm. That's good. Um, so I guess, barring any other interruptions, right, or uh, side quests, you guys make, make way for High Rock, which at the current rate of speed you guys are going, you'll probably make it there within the next day or so. Which is impressive since this is typically a much, much longer journey. So as we're kind of traveling at sea, are there any... I guess I want to see if anyone is doing anything or wants to, you know, explore the ship a bit or, you know, kind of if they have any preparations they're making, if there's any conversations that you guys like to have upon before arrival, any planning you may want to do. Um, I'm allowing sort of this time as an opportunity to kind of gather our thoughts before we arrive at High Rock. Uh, I'm quite busy. Praying. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Jarrell, wait, 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 wait. Which one is who's busy sleeping? Jarrell or Quinn? Because Quinn's Quinn. kind of busy, not sleeping. Well, I'm oh, just busy. Yeah. Steering the ship, propelling the ship forward as fast as he can. Jarrell, mm -hmm. Jarrell is just sleeping. Uh, sleeping, praying, loving, eating, e eating, pray, eating for sure. Well, <laughs> eat, pray, love, pray, sleep, love. I don't just even stop. Know. I don't know how much loving's going on, but uh, eat, pray, love, polishing your helmet. Yep. Every now and again, just like, you know, tapping it like, is this thing on? You know? Mm -hmm. Making sure it still works. Yeah. All of your prayers kind of go unanswered. I mean, I, I think that it's, you know, Jarrell, you kind of have your rituals. You you, you do this regardless of yeah. whether you get a response or not. I mean, as someone who is a very devout follower of Valen, like you. The fact that Valen ever talked to me to begin with is a huge deal for me. 
Right. Um, so he's not expecting. I mean, it, it's been what months since I've really heard through the anything helmet. from her. Right. Ever okay. since Taran Ever since Tarantus was removed from where that city once stood, um, your connection to her appears to have been severed. Mm-hmm. I am checking out my nice new shinier sword. Yes, the uh, the fully upgraded, fully who is it? The final form of the Sword of Justice. Yes. And it is a holy a avenger. holy avenger. That's right. Our first legendary item amongst the group. Oh yeah, the yeah. ultimate expression of paladin weaponry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after so much of your crusading and your valor and. Uh, metal against the undead the sword deemed you worthy of its full capabilities uh okay so that's what Jarrell and quinn are doing uh boris what are you up to like what have you been up to i guess like in this like because we're gonna say this is pretty much like a 24 to like maybe 36 hour journey that's rem- that remains is there anything of note that you you know want to make sure that boris is doing or has done yeah Boris would be doing a little less praying and a little bit less taking care of her armor and a little bit less sneaking and roguing around the ship, uh, looking for any sort of trapdoors or hidden areas or secrets or anything that she can find along that line. Uh, yes. Um, why don't you, Boris, give me an investigation check? 21. There is, there's a hold on this ship, um, that's nested within the main cargo storage hold. There are two guards posted out front of it, and you know that inside uh, contains a number of goods and gold that are being brought to this port city to do trade with. Because, you know, in this voyage, right, there's a large crew to this ship, and there's always enough provisions and things like that that, you know, whenever you're arriving in another port city, it's always good to barter and, you know, acquire things that maybe you may not find. Um, in the kingdom of the sea lords. So there's a, probably a whole manner of things that are worth a whole bunch of money in there, or just a bunch of money in there. Um, but they, that is all property of the sea lords. I should also notice that note that with a 21, you also note that there are changes changes of the guard that happen three times a day. Do I know what these three times are? You know that the first shift change happens in the morning. Um, that's the overnight shift being relieved at about 7 a.m. The okay. next shift change is at about... It usually occurs somewhere between 2 and 3 p.m. It depends on how late lunch was that day. And then the final one, um, there's sort of a bit of a crossover in the evening. There's usually a few more people hanging out down here. You notice that the, you know that the guards, like the the second shift and third shift folks, like to play around of cards together before the overlapping shifts end. Okay. And we'd be taking the same ship back hypothetically, because this ship or this this trip is not more than the forty eight hours long. Correct. This is a two way okay. yeah, this is a two way trip. Okay. Do I find any other like secret trapdoors or like hidden kinda areas anywhere? The the ship itself, I mean, like it's it's laid out like a normal like army class vessel of of its era. So there's not really a whole lot of secrets. I mean, there's a really, really nice like captain's quarters that Quinn has commandeered for himself, um, you know, with like all the lavish bedding and like extravagant, um, you know, like utensils and like goblets and, you know what I mean? A jewelry cabinet. Like it has all of the things that a, a very vain captain may find um, fitting for them. Uh, to, uh, you know, ca- to, you know, especially captaining such a uh, powerful and commanding vessel. I steal a pretty piece of jewelry. From Quinn's room? Well, it doesn't belong to Quinn, right? It belongs to the sea captains. Uh, this is this is this is more of like stuff that was part of Quinn's rider, we'll call it. You know what I mean? Okay, I will not steal Quinn's jewelry though. Yeah. These are all the things that he probably personally requested to have available to him because, you know, he has to be ready for any social event. Okay. 
I just I just note the things about the store that does not belong to us then. And also leave a, a piece of bubble gum stuck to the side of Quinn's nightstand though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, here's the thing. He's going to know where it's from. You're like, you're pretty much, you're pretty much, you're, you're pretty much leaving a calling card. If, if I even notice it though. You wouldn't notice a piece of bubble gum sticking off of your nightstand? He has lots I'm of games. I mean, I'm looking more at myself than the That's true. Around. You probably spend more time looking in the mirror than you do at any of your environment. There it is. Good point. Good point, Quinn. Sorry, I stand Ooh, corrected. Actually, true. And being aware of this, I chew the piece of gum, put it on his nightstand, and then take his fancy hand mirror and stick it on top of the piece of gum. There it is. Because I do have a fancy hand mirror. Oh, we got some pranks. We got some pranks going on aboard the ship here. This is great. Uh, let's see. Zero, I guess, what would you be spending your time uh, before arrival doing? Okay, so Zero has uh, a whole setup going on. Um, he's converted uh, whatever that um, sort of conference planning room into, at this point, 24 hours in, it's become fully metastasized as Zero's lab on this ship which means, like, the table's been overturned and pressed up against one of the walls to get it out of the way um, on one of the credenzas at the side. Um, uh, Reason is mostly taken apart, and he's working on the barrel. He's got this, um, it was a little flavor item out of uh, his kits, but he has this ancient arrow of Eladrin design that uh, has just been sitting on my character sheet for ages. And he's actually spending some time going over, pouring over that right now, trying to see if maybe there's some things he can learn from, you know, old fletching techniques that might help his weapon work a little bit better. Also, as a side note, Arion Black is on the deck of the ship. Uh, he's stripped to his waist right now with his suit jacket, uh, shirt, and tie uh, on a hanger off to the side. And he's sitting in one of those uh, sort of beachy lounge chairs, like this is the deck of a cruise ship, holding uh, holding a metal tray out of the galley, trying to reflect sunlight at his face to get a good overall tan. Wow. Wow. Okay, wonderful. And it's a beautiful aesthetic. Thank you so much for painting that picture for us. Okay. Um, so let's see, Hedrick, I'm not sure if I've checked in with you. What are you up to? Well, Hedrick wasn't feeling very good. And he was uh, taken by surprise in an omelet form. <laughs> he was laid out. Uh, for basically half the journey, um, just wretched, just delirious. He did order you know? a tuna fish omelet, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's an adventurer, so he likes to live adventurously, right? When you're going to order, let's go for the unique. Let's go for the uncommon. And he got it. Do you do you still have do you still have more or less blankets? I believe so. The room itself. Um, would be true to a rock star status. It is in disarray. Uh, he finds himself on a new ship with new quarters where he doesn't know where anything is. He's delirious. He's on a swaying ship on top of an upset stomach. A swaying ship like, that's also going like, I mean, uh, an incredible <laughs> speed. <laughs> ludicrous speed. So, Ludicrous speed! No, I don't think Quinn has fully unlocked ludicrous speed just yet, but we're probably close to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't, is I don't, it swaying or is it lurching? You know, well, I, I don't think... <laughs> that's a good question. Hedrick doesn't know any ludicrous anyway, so not yet at least. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, key in. He's feeling much better. And he wakes up as any rock star would, seeing his room in disarray with very little responsibilities, uh, breaks open the wine, and then just starts exploring the ship. Perfect. Make me yeah. a constitution saving throw, please. Thank you so much. Okay. Twelve. You get this weird feeling in your throat as you're, as you're like drinking the wine. Like, ooh, maybe like this isn't a hair of the dog situation. You know? Um, but you're not sure if the wine is helping you stifle some additional sickness or if it is causing 
additional sickness. It's, you're kind of in that in-between stage where you're like, you have no idea if this is helping or hurting. At least find some water and another blanket and wrap the blanket around himself and sip a little water as he's trying to get that taste out of his mouth and sip a little wine in search of maybe some fruit, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some nourishment. Well, there's definitely or- um, there's definitely oranges aboard the ship because no one wants scurvy. So he goes to the kitchen and retrieves himself uh, one to peel and one for the pocket. And then he's exploring. He would definitely want to stop and see Zero for a little bit. Um, Certainly tell him how much fun, kind of finishing the conversation, that mayhem machine is the tit, man. I'm telling you, wait till you get down inside of it. I know you know all about it, but until you're standing on top of that thing while it's moving up the road and you're blasting away these undead nasties, it's one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. Anyways, I appreciate you, uh, Master Helmsman, and uh, you know you are just invaluable to this team. I hope Valen protects you on this next journey. Of course. Hold on one moment. And Zero starts rummaging through a pile of things in the corner of the room and pulls out a stapled stack of documents. When you have time, can you fill out this feedback form for uh, for this uh, official Omega Project project? Oh, uh, uh, right, right, of course. Uh, I'll get right on that. <laughs> hey, he takes another Whenever you have time, we've got a little bit before uh, before the mayhem machine is ready to go again. I'd be happy to give my input. Thank you so much. Anything we can do to make for a superior carnage experience? No team. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. It was uh, about focus testing, right? <laughs> I mean, certainly he's he's going to go up on deck and probably go see Quinn because he notices like he was questionable about it before. And now he's seeing the man in action. Yeah. So you would, would you would you do see and uh, Quinn, forgive me here, but I'm going to just go ahead and paint a little exposition for everybody else. Yeah. You're right. you're barely having to hold on to the like the wheel of the ship. Um. Because, I mean, you are controlling the water so well that really every now and again you have to make a, a slight course correction, but otherwise it's pretty much just you, arms in the air, just like, you know, summoning the power of the ocean um, to propel this ship forward. You are, like, you actually have somebody, uh, like one of the crew members, taking any sort of orders from you so that like and preventing anyone from interrupting you so anyone who needs to talk to you has to talk to you um, the first mate of the ship first not Jed Dim Jed Dim is on the airship okay just, just clarifying that one point this is a ship ship yeah this is an actual like navy vessel not an airship so so question about my power too like I don't even know if I need this this to steer it either. I feel like powering one one side more than the other could could technically steer the ship. Sounds like it is. Like I could use the water to be steering the ship. Pretty much, yes. Just every now and again, you have to like correct the rudder position because you know what I mean. Um, Fair enough. Yep. There's a lot of com- you know complex factors involved in piloting a ship that is going faster than it was ever built or intended to go. With no hands. How is the ship holding? With up? with pretty much no hands. Yeah, it's pretty much like look, ma, no hands. The ship is holding up fine. You know your way around a ship, Captain Quinn Southwind. It's literally in your blood. Well, I do. Re- I do remember that he chose a um, sort of broader ship. It wasn't the fastest, smallest ship. No, this is he like chose a, something yeah, a destroyer class a, vessel. Yeah, a little more integrity. Um, so, do I see anybody? Uh, Guarding the captain as I approach. I mean, the first mate is there right by his side. Um, first mate is uh, looks like a halfling man. Uh, goes by the name of Jimmy John. Jimmy John, the first mate. Because <laughs> we're moving so fast. 
Alright, first mate halfling. Hedrick will approach, uh, and we go, I'll just have a bit of refreshment here for the captain. And he's gonna extend the glass of wine. Well, as you can see, the captain is very busy. Of course he is, but certainly he has a little time for an old comrade. I'll just hang on to it and provide it to the captain at the earliest convenience. Thank you for your service to the captain of this vessel. Well, thank you, uh, Jimmy John. And, uh, well, you just, you just take good care of him, okay? He's up here all by his lonesome. I don't want him to get, you know, he says, feeling. <laughs> he says, I'm doing my very best, sir. Go ahead and make me an insight check. <laughs> okay. 18. You can see almost like a, a small glint of pain behind the first mate's eyes. As I think, uh, I think, you know, um, being the personal assistant to Captain Quinn Southwind is probably not the easiest job this first mate has ever had. You don't say. Um, um, but he's doing a very he's, he's doing a very good job of hiding any displeasure because he does not want to offend or displease the captain of this vessel and the brother of Tessa Southwind one of the fucking sea lords so uh, if Hedrick recognizes all of this he's going to stand back and understand, you know, this man is not a hero. This man is not a uh, intern. He's not a volunteer. Um, he's been bought for services, and now he's stuck with whatever situation we put him in. So he's going to reach into his breast pocket through his vest and pull out his little personal flask. And it's just some rum. It's maybe half full. But he's going to try to slide a hand into him and say, you know, uh, if you don't wait until you're off duty... I ain't going to tell nobody. He gives you a slight, a slight wink and nods his head. Uh, just to say I approve. I think he's doing a good job, but I understand. You're, you've got the job that nobody else wants. You've got your but... hands full, bud. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, um, I can, so... I can only imagine what other, you know, what, what, what ridiculous requests Quinn has, uh, you know, given to this first mate on this voyage. By the time they're we not, get running back out totally of High Rock, that poor kid is going to feel like Jonah Hill and get him to the Greek. Oh, God. <laughs> what, uh... He's going to bubblegum off of everything. What are you about to say in your defense there, Quinn? I, it, it's not that bad. It's probably think, pretty bad. Well, <laughs> you before you leave this ship. We, we are legitimately your Listen, equals. And <laughs> I will. I will hook. I will hook this guy up if he makes me a, a happy cap. But yeah, but you're like you know difficult to please. Jimmy John yeah. has no but idea. What if he makes you a happy captain, but just just sure. to, just to be clear, exactly how much booze to other stuff is in a happy captain. Is it like, you know, half rum to some sort of uh, pineapple juice or something? I don't know. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jimmy John is doing a fantastic job. Well, that's good. I do at least recognize bucket on Jimmy John. <laughs> Should have. So while you were <laughs> Quinn, while you're controlling the ship, like, um, do I See that you were aware of everything else around you, or are you just focused on the ship? Um, so you you're you're in. You can see me now. Well, I walked right. and I approached. Uh, right next to you, the first mate is there to stand attention so that nobody bothers you. So I'm going through the first mate, but would I be able to see that, like you know, I'm there and you're aware of everything around you, or whether or not you're just controlling the ship? And your mind is focused on that. I'm going to say my mind is pretty focused on it. I, I Like, how much awareness could I have, Fran? I'm sure you have at least a general awareness of your surroundings. But, I mean, it is taking almost every ounce of focus you have to make sure that this ship yeah, stays on course. 
Okay. So you know you you know Hedrick is there, but you've pretty much tuned out with whatever the fuck he's saying. Like I'm aware of his presence, but I'm not necessarily aware of like the the ins and outs of what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. You know, if there was something very pressing, the first mate would be the one to interrupt you. Um, but he's the one kind of filtering out. Yeah, Jimmy John's the one filtering out essentially. Uh, you know Hedrick. the. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, not necessarily Hedrick specifically, more just filtering out uh, the requests from, you know, and, and, you know, ranking them from most important to least important and then either giving you the digest at the end of the day or if it's really urgent would interrupt you. So all Hedrick needs to know is that he's not the most important. Well, he didn't come to you with anything pressing. He came to you with like, here, have a glass of wine. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that that is something right. that uh, would require uh, an immediate interruption and in your immediate attention. Agreed. All right. Uh, anything else happening for the day or are we advancing? We can advance. Quinn, eventually you are, you know, as you kind of retire for the night and, you know, the, the first mate takes over just the nighttime sailing, you know, as you kind of get your beauty rest. Um, you know, you are handed at the end of your, you know, um, captaining here. I don't even know what a verb to describe the crazy magic shit you're doing. Uh, you are handed a lukewarm glass of wine that Jimmy John has been holding on to all day for you from Hedrick. Is it is it is it red or white? It's red. Okay, then it's fine. It's just been aerating, which is not great, but... Hedrick only had maybe a couple of sips out of it. Like, he was not getting hammered. He was just trying to get that taste out of his mouth. <laughs> so do, do I notice the the red, like, line that would form knowing full well that somebody sipped out of this wine glass? It's, a, it's actually a fairly decent quality wine, so yes, you would see that. I forget what it's called, but yeah. Not residue. I'm trying to think of what the name of it is, but... Yeah. The wine's got legs. It's 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 viscousness. It's viscosity. Residue. Viscosity. That's what it is. Viscosity. Ew. Ew. Hedrick residue. Anyway, of after the after after the amount of energy that I just probably utilized doing what I just did, I'm not sure I care that somebody's already sipped out of this glass of wine. So yeah, so I'm just gonna sip out of the other end of the wine glass just to make sure that there's no you know herpes or anything. Wow. Oh, you're you're worried about that now. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time in how many? Has, let's see, has what is this episode? Herpes. I don't think so. Roll I don't for know, it. man. <laughs> Let's not anyone who's familiar with herpes what's, knows it stays on role? one side of the glass. So. It stays on one side of the glass. Is it a, it's a, it's a constitution roll? No, I'm not going to make you roll that right now. That's just uh, have, have him roll an insight. What? An insight to know that I if did, he... I did roll... I rolled an 18 plus 6, so a tw 24. You're fine. I don't think I've ever had herpes. Maybe. Well, let's not forget, you know, Hedrick is the bard no, with without no, the Kruger cannon. <laughs> but, but, Quinn, if Hedrick has herpes, guess who else has herpes? <laughs> yeah, but if I sip from the other end. No, not fine. you. It'll be fine. Not you. Oh, oh, oh my sister! Tessa? <laughs> <laughs> Hedrick, you bastard. Okay, first of all, I don't think that there has been any confirmation that there is any herpes anywhere. So we're just going <laughs> to move on. Somewhere there's a herpes joke in here, but I haven't quite chiseled it. <laughs> you heard the herpes. Beware of the herpes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, sir, are you saying herpes or harpies? I'm saying yeah. herpes. <laughs> Let's just avoid both. Uh, yeah, I mean, both are to be avoided, just for different reasons, right? So, 
on that note, on that note, we have reached the light of dawn. And you hear a honk. The light of dawn. Yeah, the light of dawn. And you have you hear a honk from above the, uh, aboard the crow's nest. I said, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you even make me repeat this so that you actually get the cue that I'm throwing your way? Um, I don't know why Dudu always has to honk. <laughs> I mean, like, just, like, it's always him. I'm, I'm waiting to find out. There are no... Who else aboard this ship honks? No one is the answer no, to that why question. No, but why is he always in the crow... He's always in the crow's nest. So is, is he actually... Are you expecting to do to actually be paying attention in the crow's nest? No, I'm just saying you hear a honk okay. followed <laughs> by the vo- you know the voice of someone shouting, Land ahoy. Land ahoy! No, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, you're repeating it now, right? It's like a parrot, like a parrot goose. Goose parrot. Goose parrot? Yeah, goose parrot sounds better. Sounds better. Anyways. Um, and what happens is, uh, you know, as you kind of come above decks, you can see in the distance, you know, the skyline and, like, the just sprawling city of High Rock, which is otherwise known as the city of the Spire. Something you can notice right away um, as you guys are approaching. Um, the city of the spire looks a lot different since your last time here. Um, plumes of black smoke rise above the cobbled stone buildings that, you know, create the skyline you see in front of you. And it's sort of providing what would be a very hazy, sort of gloomy backdrop to the spire itself, which is a gigantic tower that stands as sort of the centerpiece of the campus of the Archclerisy, behind where the Temple of Valen still stands. Now, the Temple of Valen itself is, you know, in like a large plaza, but it's raised up on a hill. Like it is, you know, the newest, most expensive temple and campus, you know, behind um, that has ever, this city has ever seen. As you guys get closer, um, you know, you start to pull into the docks and you see not a lot of people working at the docks. In fact, there is a lowly, singular dock worker that is guiding the ship into port. And as you guys are kind of sitting above decks and, you know, the sounds of the ship settling kind of, you know, subside... Um, this dock worker, you know, begins frantically tying up the ship and mooring it to the harbor, uh, and you can hear. Well, everybody, make me pe- perception checks. Twenty-one. Twenty-three. Quinn, you're shaking your head. Four. <laughs> yeah, seven. Okay. So everyone else besides Quinn and Jarrell hear, uh, far in the distance, what almost like like this sounds like echoing of like. Uh, like people shouting. Unrest? Possibly. I hate when that happens. I like getting rest. Does it seem civil? <laughs> civil unrest? At the distance that you are picking this up from, it is very difficult to discern. Okay. But there is a commotion in the distance. Hedrick notices the the dock worker. He's at least trying to help what he can with his mage hand. As he's kind of strumming his lute on the edge of the ship, if we're pulling in, uh, he is going to take interest and try to at least keep him there for some information until we get off. Sounds good. Um, He actually even regards you and just says, well, thank you, friend. Yeah, no trouble. It's just you here? Yeah, uh, you picked a very interesting time to be visiting High Rock. Um, As you can see from the clouds of smoke in the distance, uh, the city is not in the greatest of shape. I agree. I was just wondering, you know, you're the only one seems to still be working. Um, 
Well, someone's got to take a le- take an eye on the uh, ships arriving in harbour, which, to be honest with you, this is probably the first ship I've seen in months. Well, I am much obliged for your help, sir. I happen to carry two of the finest agents of uh, Valen. You ever heard of her? <laughs> and he, you can see almost a, uh, actually, make me an insight check. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a 20. Dirty. The dirtiest. His eyes signal to you that, and even just the tone of his voice, like you can almost see his entire body language shift when you mention Agents of Valen. And he says, Oi. I'm a devout worshiper of Valen. As you can see, and he like like almost like like reveals like from underneath his 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 you know burlap sort of or not burlap but like you know like just like you know rough cotton um, shirt like a you know holy symbol right that he wears around his neck. Um, it looks very polished and very new. And um, he says, uh, and it, it's a you know lots of lots of people. Are uh, not none too happy uh, around these parts with uh, Valen these days, and the church. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that's what you, that's why you're here, right? Just to probably just adding to the ranks of the temple guards that are marching through the streets. I assume. Well, our aim our aim is a little bit more of a permanent nature. Here. He offers a uh, handkerchief and he'll say, uh, wipe your face off. You're about to meet some very important people. Yeah, he quickly does that. And I'll help him, kind of straightening his shoulders on his coat and like pulling it out. Yeah, whatever you could do to dust somebody off. Uh, But at least say like, all right, you've just You've just helped somebody like get into town who's about to whoop some butt. So you can be happy in the fact that there was some good thing that happened to you today. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, the gangplank is lowered from the ship. You guys are free to disembark. Um, Quinn, you're you, you know you you had the night to rest, and the ship was sailed manually the remainder of the journey. So you're 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 feeling actually rested right now. I should, also note, you know, you're not feeling any exa- any exhaustion from your powers at this point. Um, but as you are stepping off the ship, the dock worker looks in awe. And he says, wait a second. Is that the Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind? He, Quinn just kind of tips his hat at the, at the dude I we might just be in uh, a better position after all we could use someone of your caliber to figure out what's going on and hopefully put this city right that is always my goal to write the cities I arrive in oh yeah you're quite the hero this must be your uh, accomplices and he gestures to everyone else and Hedrick will pipe up, allow me to introduce the heroes of Telduria. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. Now that I know it's 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 the Captain Queen Southwind. Which who who's who's who? Who's who? So I know from who I've read about in the stories. Um and at that moment Jarrell starts to descend the the plank with his you know, Franz, Hans, and manservant carrying his gigantic chest again. Uh, this is my trusted right-hand man, the Lord Jarrell the Light. Ah, Lord Jarrell the... Oh, the very holy, very holy man. Follower of Aelin. Yes, yes, absolutely. Our, our lady, yes, I'm so, so pleased that you're here. Uh, Jarrell kind of smiles and just keeps walking down the um, dock with his and- three retainers in tow. 
and he sees the loot slung over uh, Hedrick's uh, back, and he says, Oh, you must be Hedrick, oh, the jester! Oh, you're so funny! Oh, the things that I've heard about, read about you are just so hilarious! Quick, tell me a joke. Come on, tell me a joke. Uh, mm. <laughs> on the spot. Um, why do monks like coffee so much? He like waits in anticipation. Cause of all the caca, and he lets out like a big flamboyant kick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean that one made me laugh personally. <laughs> um, but the uh, the dock worker actually like blinks at you unfazed, and he looks at Quinn. Why oh, you write about him like he's so much funnier than that? It is a little bit of fiction. Oh, I come yeah, on. Well. You're telling me uh, your secrets also... now, Captain? Well, I gotta make all of them look somewhat presentable. You, you, I remember you reading, I remember reading word for word, you, you described Hedrick as the biggest joke the world has ever seen. Ah, and that he is. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't like the DM is putting words in my character's mouth. I just okay. know that you guys. Well, this was that was written around. The, <laughs> listen, those stories were written around the time where y'all were feuding. That's true. We true. literally and have Hedrick an episode entitled like, "Battle of true. the Bards." <laughs> he has thus proven himself to be a loyal and trusted member of this group. What? Apologies. Didn't mean any offense. I'm sure the captain meant nothing by it, and the records in the future will dictate as such. There's no offense here between heroes. In fact, I happen to know he loves to give autographs. Oh, could you autograph? He actually pulls out one of your stories that he has on his on his person. <laughs> Do you mind? Uh... Uh, Hedrick, Hedrick pulls out a quill. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn was literally oh thinking my, my quill is not inked currently, but you beat him to it. Well played, Hedrick. Well played. Do you uh, say the well played part out loud, or is that a, uh, a personal no, it's aside? More, it's more in my eyes. Okay. Like, I just look at him, and he knows what I mean. Um, Hedrick walks away. I take the quill and I, I scribble on the, the parchment. Oh, I'll cherish this forever, mate. I really will. Uh, how long are you planning on being in town for? Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't keep you. I shouldn't ask you all these questions. I'm sorry. I'm just, a, I'm just such a huge fan. I take as much time with my fans as I deem appropriate. And right now, it is no longer appropriate. Goodbye. <laughs> As uh, Zero's coming down, I think Zero and Boris are still, like, walking all out. Like, Hedrick's at least going to introduce them. Um, actually, as soon as he sees Boris step out, he's like, Oi! Royalty! Oh, it's, it's, it's Boris the Benevolent! Oh, madam, at, at, at your service, I'm, I'm a fair... I, I actually... I'm just a recent transplant from Riverford. I've heard things have gone quite well under your, under your rule. I have to say, it's. I'm so glad that it's. It's that someone can turn it around, turn that place around. The last Baron was a horrible, horrible man. That's how I found myself in High Rock. I I billow my cloak. Oh yes, and... of course. <laughs> I, I pop a bubblegum or a, a, a bubble for my bubblegum cigar uh, before uh, before saying. Yeah, things are things are definitely better over there now. But I'm uh, I'm I'm glad that you seem to be happy here. Everything's going going well for you on this side, even though it's it seems to be kind of quiet. Well, things were going all right until about uh, oh, I don't know. The last several months have been quite terrible, and it just seems to be getting worse. But this is where I make a living, and I don't have the money to move back. Well, if you ever find your way back, you're always welcome home in Riverford. 
And I hand him a bubblegum cigar and a gold piece. Oh, thank you, madam. This will this will help. This will help tremendously. Your generosity is truly that. Uh, it truly matches with the stories they tell about you. What is your name? Hold on. I will go to the name bucket for this. Name bucket. Uh, my, my name's Terry. Terry Jenkins. But some of my friends call me Sassy Bridges. <laughs> well, what do you prefer? Your friends or uh, acquaintances? <laughs> you hearers can call me. Your- you hearers can call- address me however you like. I kind of like that, Bridges. I'll just call you Bridges. Sa- yeah, sa- sa- Sassy Bridges. That's me. Sassy. Yeah, Terry, Sass- yep. Terry Sassy Bridges Jenkins. Allow me to introduce Omega Project Prototype Zero. Valens, Avatar of War. Uh, he stands up straight and just like... I, I, he doesn't really. He seems like he doesn't really know what to do, so he just like salutes. Uh, easy there. Um, I'm, I'm, and uh, Zero actually looks just slight, well, as uncomfortable as he can get away with looking with his sort of limited range of facial expressions. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Hunter's all mine. Um, yeah. Um. So I think one, um, Hedrick, I think we might need to keep that Avatar of War thing under our hat for a little bit if uh, the city is anything uh, like it's sounding from the guy, way this guy is saying. And um, yes, uh, Mr. Uh, Bridges, it was. Um, can you maybe go into a little more depth on um, what's been going on around here? Well, I only know what I've seen. Several months. Well, it's a lot more than we've seen. Several months ago. Probably around the time that uh, news traveled here that Tarantis went missing. Uh, which, yeah. first of all, still don't know how an entire city goes missing, but it's a crazy world we live in these days. Yeah, we, we were there and neither do we, but we'll, we'll move on. Oh, right, you were there. Yes, I read the stories. It's, it's, it's horrifying. Is it true? Is it true, then, that Vecna has, has taken the city? This is a brief aside. Uh, is that something we've publicly acknowledged? Uh, I mean, I'm not Quinn sure. Wrote actually, the stories Quinn, after Quinn, the wrote, fact. Quinn wrote the stories, so yeah, that would be up to Quinn, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. So it's known. Yeah. Sadly, um, yes. Mostly because. I tell no uh, lie. Yeah, man, we we couldn't exactly go, you know, trying to tell people that we just, you know, sort of, uh, you know, lost it uh, like pocket change or something. Well, we're talking we're, 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 we're talking about the power of gods. I mean, yeah, heroes, but what are you, what what are we in the face of the gods? Am I right? Depends on which one you're talking to, but anyhow. So, uh so you're saying things, uh, things went a little sideways here uh, after. Uh... Well, we remember after the after the Battle of the Last Wall, a few of the temples crumbled to the ground. We thought maybe it was a fault in their construction or something wrong with, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the foundations that they were built on. So when you say a few uh, went around the Battle of Last Wall, which ones are we talking about now? Uh, the Shrine of Pelor. The shrine of um, Muradin. I think I said it was the king of the dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Muradin and uh, Saint Cuthbert the Cudgel wouldn't have had his own. So no. Yep, those two fail. We uh, mm. thought it was just a fluke, um, but then several weeks later, their followers, followers of those gods, started going mad. Mad, like, uh, having a bad day mad, or are we talking the uh, failed programming kind of mad? I would say it was a good mixture of both. We had some former clergy people stripping naked, running through the streets, screaming nonsense. We had others 
who were committing acts of violence and just doing terrible things. They were rounded up by the Archclerisy of Aelin and thrown into the, dun the dungeons. And we heard that when questioned, they they just didn't make any sense. That sounds a lot like boss, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a jargon. Burnt out scientist syndrome. It happens quite a bit, mostly in the month of November for whatever reason. <laughs> but I, I digress, as I often do. Oh, yeah, it was it was very strange. Um, that's when things started to change a little bit more in here. We saw that uh, there were more temple guards and paladins of Aelin roaming the streets, trying to keep the peace. People wanted answers. And uh, things got a little scary. Just because not long after that, Tarantus fell. And then shortly after that, Temples started dropping like flies. Uh oh, temples, uh by by that which ones are you talking which ones specifically do you mean? Thankfully, Zero, having the greatest poker face in the world, doesn't uh doesn't betray the fact that he kinda has an idea of what's going on. He says I just want to clarify that before you go into that, because <clears throat> Jarrell's not in this conversation. He's like off at the end of the dock doing like the confused Travolta thing again because nobody oh. is here to greet us except for this one guy. So right. that's what that, that's what Jarrell's doing, like way you off. You were expecting like a royal welcome or some shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he so yeah he continues. He says and he, and he and you see his face turn very sour, and he just looks at you and he says in a very serious tone, "All of them." Besides the Temple of Aelin. So the Temple of Aelin is still standing. It is the only one. Because it is the one true faith, am I right? It's the one true faith, yes. And he, like, again, displays his holy symbol. Like, Hed you know, Hedrick notices again that, you know, like, this, he, he, it's that same nervousness that he's projecting. Um... Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure um, how the uh, followers of uh, Valen or their uh, the proponents of Valen have uh, been acting in the last few months. Well, no, I'll tell you, it's it's not going to be that way. It's pretty much martial law here. Curfews, a ban on all magic practices, approved healing by appointment only at the temple itself. We have paladins and other temple guards march in the streets constantly the people are upset you know trade has been almost essentially cut off because all the ports in the world don't want to trade here when everything's going to shit I see that you have some of your crew are unloading supplies and I'll tell you this is going to go a long way but it's not going to feed everybody and I'm not sure how much we have to offer um, the temple is doing what, it's, what it can to feed civilians but you know we're talking I know Shelly or Shalandria has been running a soup kitchen for the hungry but I haven't really seen too much of the the, the high priests uh, operating here and I heard the Pope left on some important mission so we're just we're, we're, I feel like we're just in disarray okay good uh, that soup kitchen might be somewhere we need to know about because well Frankly, the last time I was here, Shalandre was the only adult in town. Oh, yes. Heard, including the people heard, we took with. Heard about your first visit here. Uh, it's I, okay. We didn't bring them. We didn't, we didn't bring them back. Nope. Doesn't look like it. And you have a member of, of the church itself. So it seems like you're, you, you've, you've, you've adjusted your company. We've gotten better at reading the room. Well, I, again, I don't want to keep you. I mean, if you have any other questions, I'm not sure what I can answer. I, I've just been trying to do my job. Um, let's see. Um, any um, just um, highlights of any new laws that have been uh, dropped on you folks? Now you're saying no more magic practice and uh, healing is only gone in any certain place. Are there any other laws we need to make sure not to run afoul of? 
Well, I mean, I'm not sure how the laws work for heroes such as yourselves. I'm not sure if they've made any exceptions. But I know that um, everyone has to be indoors by 8 p.m. Um, they've shut down all nightlife as a result of that. So good luck finding any late night entertainment, if you know what I mean. And he winks at Quinn. Uh, what else? Quinn winks back. <laughs> They've increased taxes. Doesn't really affect you, but it affects us. So this gold piece will go a long way. You can feel free to keep that one off the books, by the way. Appreciate that. I'll just stow that away for an emergency. Well, yeah, so Zero just turns to everyone else. So, gentlemen, which one of these laws do we feel like breaking first? Clearly the nightlife law. Gentleman <laughs> and... Lady. Well, girl. Gentleman and... She's a baroness. <laughs> yeah, I'm a gentleman. Not just Zero's girl. Also a, yeah. Zero's also a... She's Strictly speaking, gender-neutral construct. Mm. <laughs> Love it. Boris is actually going to pull Terry aside for a second here, anyway. Okay. Uh, and and just uh, aside from everyone else, nobody's looking. Just uh, sl- slate of hand him an extra ten gold coins. Oi, Baroness. So if you ever need to get back to Riverford? He he. Tuck this away for an emergency. He looks and she says, "I can't take this. There's no there'd be no way I could ever repay you." You're from Riverford. You're one of us. Just take it. Don't say anything. And just if you ever need to come back, it's just it, things might get a little hectic here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is enough for me and my entire family to move back. We've got three kids. I pull three bubblegum cigars out of my pocket and also add them to the gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to the conversation. He, he's you can see him actually visibly tearing up like you changed his, you just changed his life inspiration to Boris the Butcher you'll have, you'll have adult we call it adult onset inspiration so you can apply that to the next session <laughs> do I have to wait until I'm an adult <laughs> none of us would be able to use it right. that's true yeah based on actual like 200 hours worth of recording yeah (laughs) recording evidence that we are not adults (laughs) um just then you hear a voice booming just through the air you have no idea where it's coming from but it seems to be sort of echoing in every corner citizens must return to their homes immediately we are now a citizen and in, a te- in a temporary lockdown. Any citizens remaining in the street will be asked to return home or face consequences. By her holy decree, it is done. Zero turns to Quinn. It's Southwind. Isn't this uh, ship... Uh, Technically, Sea Lord territory. Technically, yes. Fantastic. I'm sure it, uh, you know, at the expense of creating any sort of uh, uh, diplomatic issues. Um, if our if our friend uh, needs to, uh, you know, hang out on the ship or uh, escape any people to hear while well, th- things are going a little sideways. I think we can turn a blind eye. The law can't exactly touch him or anybody else on this ship, can they? Any fan of mine is welcome on my ship. If he needs it. Oh, I, I mean, if nothing else, it'll piss off the powers that be something ferocious. He says, oh, I, it's it's not necessary. I'm going to have my family gather their things and we move, we move to Riverford tomorrow. The Baroness has kindly allowed me to, the, the means to travel. Fantastic. Travel safe. We'll see you in civilization. 
And he actually bids you farewell and scampers home after hearing the order. As he's scampering off, I, I quickly ask him for directions also to the, the closest uh, orphanage or where I could find a, a couple of street orphans maybe nearby. Oh, he hands you a map of the city. Which I immediately hand over to somebody old enough to read a map. Oh, come on. <laughs> you were taught how to read. You're fine. That's true. I would actually, yeah, I, I would definitely know. You were taught how to read by Baroness Anisterian herself. So, actually, a.k.a. Captain Kip. For the uninitiated. In terms of actual adultness, she might actually be the adult in the room. It's very true. (laughs) I've met the rest of us. (laughs) All right. I mean, she's probably saved more orphans than we've saved saved lives at this point. Well, with that announcement and with the, um, you know, the your, your your new friend returning home, you guys make your way into the city proper. And that is where we're going to call this episode of the hapless heroes. So, Hey, uh, no. if you like us, you could find us been an hour already. Yeah. If you like us, you could find us on the internet. We're on such places as Twitter and Instagram at hapless heroes. We're also on Facebook and Reddit to search for hapless heroes podcast. Really though, those places are going to, just point you to what we consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence. It's our Discord server, where you can meet and interact with us on a daily basis. I know Dave and I are very active in there. We have a very active listener base in there. We even have a separate spoiler tag channel for episode talks that you know that you're not going to miss any, or you're not going to get any details before you intend to. We are. We try to be as strict as we can with that stuff to make sure that you know your listening experience is not tainted as well as many other channels for any other discussion topics that you may want to have. I know we've had many riveting arguments in the past, like, you know, does pineapple belong on pizza, of which the room is split. No. It's a no. Absolutely. Oh, my. Let's not get into this right now. Anyways, so just uh, it's just an example of some of the interesting and fun conversations that have happen in there. Uh, so please join us. Come say hi. It's it's really a cool place to hang out. But if you really like us, you can leave us a five star review on the podcast service of your choice. At this point, I'm not even sure which ones actually accept reviews. I know like I mean it's like iTunes, Stitcher, maybe, but you know wherever you feel you want to share those kind words about us, we will go right ahead and read those and say some kind words right back to you to tell you how much of a five star human we think you are. But if you really really like us, you can. Uh, donate to our Patreon. It's just hapless. It's, sorry, it's just Patreon.com/slash hapless heroes. We have all manner of rewards on there. It's really just a uh, as many. We've tried to think about as many ways we can give back to you guys as possible for you know you helping us keep this show running and you know creating that emergency fund to replace equipment and things like that. Just recoup you know the thousands of dollars we've spent to you know make this show a thing and you know equipment and all that other stuff. It's really gone an absolute long way, and I'm could not be more grateful for all the support we received. And if you like us right now, you love us, Sally Fields and the whole deal. Uh, what you're going to do is um, take popcorn and then make the popcorn into little sculptures with the popcorn of the characters and make a diorama of your favorite hapless hero scene. Out of popcorn. popcorn. Oh, that's wonderful. And then eat it. That's so doable. <laughs> popcorn diorama. Yeah, marginally legal. Marginally. Marginally. I want to know the part of that that's not legal. Maybe not. You know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know because I don't want to give people ideas. Marginally. My goodness. All right. Well, uh, before we get too much more off the rails here, I'm just going to go ahead and outro this wonderful cast, starting in my virtual right this time with John as Lord Jarrell the Light. I'm sure the welcoming party will be here soon. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. I don't think I'm going to have any luck getting a gig here. Nicole as Boris the Benevolent. I feel like the carriage I requested might not be coming. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. I love giving autographs because Quinn's quill quivers quickly. 
Sorry, I, I just I, I have to take a moment to appreciate that. I think my nipple, I think, I think I think my nipples got a little hard from that one. <laughs> Not only that, but what quill am I talking about? I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does. One of them. So now Fran's gonna have to replace his shirt, and half of our audience is gonna have to replace their pants. My my. <laughs> well, and finally, Dave as Zero Valen's Avatar of War. So, who's going to tell Jarrell? And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. We'll see you next week. Bye bye now. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye.